Hello, babes, and welcome to Coffee and Tequila, the Monday morning show. Maybe on a Friday, maybe on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Whenever the hell we do it, my name is Zach. My name is Alistair. We're a couple. We're married. We're lovers. In this episode of Coffee and Tequila is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep, as always, and we'll let you know a little bit more about them a little bit later. Did you ever hear this story? Oh, this story has been like passed around like forever. Everybody has a friend of a friend of a friend who had who had like a like a snake, like a python, right? And the python would like sleep next to them every night. And, and cuddle up to them and like, you know, stretch out for its body. And so then the, the python stops eating and the, I, friend I the, of the friend of the friend of the friend always takes the python to the vet. And the vet tells the person, oh, he's not eating because he is um, saving room for you. He's planning to eat you. You've heard that one. Yes, and it's terrifying. It is terrifying. You know, my freaking math teacher, my algebra teacher in high school told me that happened to his friend. So did that really? who did that actually happen to? I want to know who that really happened to. But, okay, bringing me back to my point, there's a story that I just read, like, right before we started recording, so we don't have it on the notes. But there was a woman in... I did terrible on the on the labeling the European countries, so, like, anywhere else in the world, I'm going to do even worse, so I'm going to pronounce this terribly. Um, Sulawesi province, there's a, there's a woman in... What does that say? Sulawesi. <laughs> There's a woman named Watiba who was 54 years old, and she went missing uh, last Thursday, and nobody could find her. And then they found her her uh, flip flops, and they found a machete. And nearby, they found this like giant python, just like there. And it wasn't like you know how like pythons when they eat a really big meal, they kind of like stay put for a little while, or like they move well, they're, really slow. They're they're digesting. They yes, because it takes really a, bloated because they eat. They eat like a big meal and then digest for a long time, right? I think it's like weeks. I think they also like, like regurgitate like yeah. bones and stuff. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't Do, know. Most of what I know pythons, came from the Anaconda movie. Which I know. That's, probably, that's what I'm thinking, too. But that's probably <laughs> yeah. not like scientifically af- accurate. I don't know. Um, anyway, but they suspected because the snake was... <laughs> Hello, Brenda. Hey, Bobby. Um, they suspect, the villagers suspected, because she had been missing, and there's this python nearby that looked like it had a full stomach, that it might have eaten her. And it was a real big python, and so they, they killed it, they cut it open, and she was in there. That is probably one of the worst ways you can go. Yes. I wonder if this is, it's from BBC.com, so I'm assuming it's correct. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 did, I, I would trust yeah. BBC. I would we? I don't know. We're not from over there, so I don't know well, how. Cr- that's where I get my news. That's terrifying. That reaffirms my fear of snakes. And speaking of snakes, mm-hmm. today we're talking about Taylor Swift. Was, was it? Was that, that a segue? That was terrible. That, I thought it was amazing. You're a bitch, you're a you're you're a fake fan. No, because reputation. I, did that sound like a? Did that sound shady? <laughs> Taylor Swift, if you're listening, did you take offense to that? Are we going to get a song <laughs> about Alistair Patton here? Oh my gosh, I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> She's supposed to be queen of the snakes, right? I mean, that's what her her reputation album was like. All about that. That was all about her reputation. Big album. reputation. Yeah. Big um, reputation. We well, I guess yeah. Are we in topics? Yeah. So it's Taylor Swift put out an album called Midnight's this last Friday. At, well, for us, it was at like 10 o'clock. Um, and it was, uh, it, well, I guess it came out Friday, technically, mm-hmm. but we were listening to it on Thursday. And are, are, are we giving our impressions right now? Like, what Yeah, what do you think of the album? I mean, you're more of a Swifty than I am. Um, so she's put out albums rapidly, and I've been loving each and every single one. Mm-hmm. And this one was the first one where the lyric videos didn't come out at the same time. 
So like we usually stay up late and then we like watch the lyric videos while listening to the music. And I think that for me, that helps me understand the music more. Yeah. And then uh, this time they didn't. They just, I think the lyric videos just started coming out. And they're beautiful. I've, I've watched a couple of them. And now I'm starting to appreciate it. But I, I'll be honest, that first night, I didn't love it as much you as I really wanted to love it. You loved it. Because when I, I really told wanted you, to love this it. This son of a bitch I liked right it. Here, I, I really did like he, it. He tries to, to make me seem like the biggest asshole. I told you that night. I was like, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. I'm just not feeling this one. Maybe well, I, I felt I was like, this one's going to grow on me. Well, the, the lyric that I just kept on coming back to was... Uh, the sexy baby lyric. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't know that was a Thirty Rock reference. Also, I, I, I don't know either until you told me. My that friend it was. Troy told me that it was a Thirty Rock reference, which I'm glad what that is it's the referencing. Line, I feel like every sometimes I feel like everyone's a sexy baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so all day I've just been walking around like I feel like I've, everyone's a sexy baby. <laughs> You're a sexy baby, baby. <laughs> um, the, the album just didn't hit for me right away. As we've listened to it a couple more times since then, um, certain songs are growing on me, and I know that I know it's just because I'm not in the mood for it, right? I was kind of hoping for another uh, folklore, another another evermore. evermore, but that's not super realistic. I wasn't really expecting that. I was just kind of hoping for it. Um, I I more expected it to be something poppy, honestly, because this is like I, I, I kind of did too. I expected a little bit more like a mm-hmm. higher tempo beats. I don't you know, know something means. you can dance to. Yeah. Um, and I, I think she's still kind of in her um, more, I wouldn't even call it acoustic, but there's not a lot of sound, you know, and the beat sounds kind of similar throughout the album. The song sounds, uh, all the songs kind of sound the same a little bit, but the more you listen to it, they start but it to makes differentiate. It right? like, yeah. I like um, Antihero. I like I think Karma. that's a good one. Karma's a good one. Um, Snow on the Beach. I was very angry about Snow on the Beach because it's supposed to have Lana Del Rey and it doesn't... It has Lana Del Rey, but she goes, no on the beach. I'm curious. Does she have writing credits Snow on it, though? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Rolling Stone says that Taylor Swift is the first artist to sell one million records in one week since Taylor Swift in 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Did this sell? Like, what was what was the, 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 does it say what pure sales were or whatever? I don't know. I don't actually understand. I'd, I'd have to look are, into that one more. Yeah. A million copies in the first week. Really, it's only not even been a whole week. 1.2 million. It's been like a weekend. Yeah. So S- since Reputation in 2017, that's pretty impressive. And Reputation was under Big Machine Records, which was her last record label, and everybody was kind of like expecting her to have another like one million in the first week hit with Lover, and that didn't happen. And so everybody's been like, "Oh, well, maybe this is her slow decline. Maybe like we're gonna hit her decline because everybody gets a decline, and maybe it's like this is a bad time for her to not hit a million copies because of uh, of her leaving Big Machine Records. Maybe that wasn't the right move for her. I don't know. There's a lot of conversation about that. I remember at the time that was years ago baby 2019 well, well, no I, I i remember as well mm-hmm. but uh what i was just thinking is that you know evermore and folk folklore yes just came out out of the blue and this was the first one since lover that she's actually like uh sent out a release date but what i would say is so like people were questioning her sort of longevity and questioning like if this was the sort of the beginning of the decline during the lover era and then she drops folklore and evermore pretty close together and uh, those were pretty damn successful. Those were. I well, don't. I don't believe those hit a million copies of the first week. Right? Yeah, you just said it. It didn't. But since yeah, yeah. But but they were critically massive, amazing, massive yes. albums, and people like and still made them their are. entire personality. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they surely did. Um, 
And then this one is the first release since those that are not like a Taylor's version release, right? Yeah. So Midnight's, and this one just hit a million copies in the first week. So like, she's doing something right. She really is. You know, I was talking to a friend earlier about this and uh, about what she does right and like asking, well, what... How is she? How is she? Because she's got to be like on fifteen years of her career at this point, you know. And so, what is she doing right? I think. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting a, a folklore evermore sort of thing, or a lot of people were hoping for that. Not everybody, not a big chunk of the people, but a lot of people were hoping for that. And I think it's really good that she didn't do that actually, because you got to keep people like not only guessing, but you got to. I think her longevity can be pinned down to her willingness to go outside of her her own comfort zone and go outside of um of genre. Yes. Right? Like I she doesn't stick to one genre for for her entire career like she could have stuck with country and where would that have gotten her? She could have stuck with pop when she, you know, transitioned into the red album and into the 1989, but she she switched it up. She started switching it up after Lover, you know, and it's like she is constantly evolving with her music i don't know so much she's well, not she's not really like a visuals person where where like madonna was like reinventing herself visually right every every era but like and taylor swift doesn't really do that but like musically she's constantly reinventing herself well I, and, I, and i think musically usually it's whatever time period she's in her life mm-hmm. um and we, uh, what i think that keeps people going with taylor swift is one she makes it fun for her fans yeah um, oh, very and, much. And, and she puts clues everywhere. Everybody's always trying to figure stuff out. They're always analyzing each port- part of the lyrics. That's why they go through every single lyric and every single Taylor Swift song. And um, she also is like, like you said, she's not afraid to go outside of the box. And I had another thing that I was thinking about, but now I d- don't know what it was. Mm, that happens. Well, oh, it? oh, well, people are always curious about what she's going to do next. Are they? Because I don't find her super interesting. Yeah, but you still listen to her album like three times. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I had this joke when, when Speak Now came out. I had this joke with my mom. We were like, we hate Taylor Swift, but we love the music. <laughs> we <laughs> take all of our money. But, like, she doesn't interest me all that much. I think she's a little bit boring, honestly, as far as, like, personal life. Like, I'm not super invested in her personal life, but I am very curious to see, like, what music she puts out, which is very rare for an artist these days. Is like... um are we still looking at artists and excited about the music that they're putting out? Or is it like an era and what, what looks we're going to get and what, you know, all of that is going to entail. I mean, even that we're not, you know, as hype as we, as we were like the past 10 years, we've kind of like, I don't know, artists and their eras are kind of dying out is what it feels like. It's not, the hype is just not there anymore, but Taylor Swift still has the hype for an era. We still have the yeah. hype for an era when it comes to Taylor Swift. And, 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 and right now it's, she's about to go on another stadium tour with her like four albums that she put out. I don't think she said that officially though. Oh, uh, well, and I don't know if it's a stadium. Pop tour. crave talked about it. <laughs> Did they? And it, they talked about her doing it, Beyonce doing mm. it and Rihanna doing it. I wish Taylor wouldn't do a stadium tour though. I know it makes more sense, right? It, um, she's going to get a lot of money from the damn stadium tour. We're going to go to it. Um, I don't know. You don't like live music. Well, well, because if, if if she didn't do a stadium tour, it'd be like a 15,000, 
hundred dollar tickets. Well, what she was going to do with the know? lover tour was a festival. Was a festival, and I, I still I, I think like that she idea. should do that. I think she should do a festival. She's got like she's got she's got a bunch of albums she's got to do now, right? How is she going to do that in one show? I think do a festival. Have a bunch of different stages set up around yeah. the places. Have different artists performing some of those songs, so that even the songs that she is not able to fit into her set list, other you get still get to go hear them live, right? And other artists are, are going to be performing those, and then you have a big main stage that she goes on at like eight p.m. Right? Or, or or maybe you have it like you know how they do ACL, where it's one day's. Well, that's what I was saying. Second day's yeah. that, where she could perform two albums one day, uh, another album. You know, you know, I still think the festival is the best way to go for her. I, I think, think Taylor I, I, Swift I, I think is that up. would be interesting, and she's also very into uh, supporting other artists, mm-hmm. and that would be a way to support other artists. So, you know, I agree with you, Zachary. We'll we'll see how that unfolds. I'm 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 excited, and I'm trying to become more of a live music fan. I, I we saw Shania Twain live, and I loved it. There you go. So see, baby, you maybe, just gotta have maybe. the right people with you. I think you were just like miserable with the people you were. There with. wouldn't be no Taylor Swift without Shania Twain. There you go. There you um, go. Uh, also, uh, let's also talk a little bit about the the shade of the date that it was released. The shade of the date that it was released. Uh, Kim it was released on Kim Kardashian's birthday. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Petty Betty never goes away. <laughs> yeah. But it. also, like, the music video for Antihero was released, and, like, there was, she's been getting controversy about that. I don't even know if she said anything about that, but she's been getting a lot of controversy over that because yes. of, in the music video, I think she steps on it. There's a part where she steps on the scale, and uh, the scale turns and says fat. And I, it's supposed to be this whole, like, thing about inner monologue, Antihero, um, her, her, her own mind telling her, yeah, that her own self sabotage yeah. and all of that. Um, and but it's got a lot of people riled up right now because they're saying that her including the word fat is sort of uh, fat phobic. Yeah, I, I think it's putting a, a negative connotation around being fat because yes. you're upset because you see that on the scale, right? During, I, I really enjoyed the music video overall, mm-hmm. but it's all about her, Ita Hero, it's all about her self sabotaging herself. And so, like, I understood, like, I, I didn't get it. Like, I'm a bigger guy right now. And, like, I, I didn't think about it that way until I was, like, looking at other tweets. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I mean. Well, I just, here's, the, so I want to read a couple of tweets, right? So somebody says, I understand having an eating disorder and body issues, but specifically using the word fat in such a derogatory context explicitly sends the message that being fat is a bad thing. It villainizes fatness. I'm disappointed that this is the message Taylor Swift chose to send. She, this person also goes on to, to say, As an actual fat person, genuinely, how are we supposed to feel seeing this? Watching a thin person remind the whole world that one of their biggest fears is being fat, is looking like me. Demonizing the word fat while never having uh, the experience of living in a fat body, fat phobic. Well, yeah, and several different people of different body sizes have mm-hmm. been trying to enter the conversation uh, there's one from uh, Blackberry Calls saying, I'm sorry, but I absolutely do not think it did anything fatphobic since mm. when is expressing your own struggle with an eating disorder, fat phobia, fear of gaining weight slash becoming fat is a little symptom of restrictive disorders. And in no way did she project that onto anyone else. And yeah. so uh, my viewpoint, I, th- I, th- I think I respect I respect anybody's viewpoint on this. And if this made you feel uncomfortable, th- that's understandable. But I'm, I'm wondering... Uh, for her, it was just, I, I think her, th- these are her, her phobias, her yeah. eating disorder, her, what people tell her. Um, and, well, is, and I understood that in the context of the, of the song. It is her own and, inner yeah. monologue, right? Yeah. Like you can't stifle your own inner monologue. And if that was what she felt, if that's, if that, if that is 
what her inner demon was at the time, then I mean, we can't say that that's that she's wrong for feeling that, right? Like it's just she didn't control that feeling. That feeling just was. It just was. So I do. I definitely see both sides of this. I see how people can be upset and can be hurt and feel like it's fat phobic, but I also see that this is just her inner monologue, and that is what she was feeling now does she have to go and project it i think is another question and it's another question that people have to answer for themselves right there i don't see a wrong or right answer well, here it, i don't it, it actually makes me think of britney spears britney spears don't yes. be doing this well, well because i was thinking of um her interview correct me if i'm wrong which you definitely will with diane's was it with diane's sawyer where she was like how do you feel that this is how you're you know um how you're representing like young women, how you're showing them how to act and stuff like that. Oh, and she says, and she's like, that's not my responsibility. She says, I'm not the parent, you know, change yeah. the channel. And I think that's like, but that is the question, right? I don't know where I fall on that because is, is it an artist's responsibility to, to, um, Say things in a certain way that are not gonna. I don't know. I don't know. Like, hold especially on. when you hold significant power. You do. That's that's the thing, right? Is like she is holding significant power, and she so can, it, she, does she, she have? Yeah. A, does she have responsibility? Because because she she could literally say she hates one person, mm -hmm. and all the Swifties would attack them, right? Yeah. So somebody said, somebody commented, um, you have to be responsible for the content you create and the messages sent when you are the architect. And I thought that you know was pretty good at encapsulating like some of that responsibility that somebody with such a big um enormous influence has and uh i don't know did she do it right i don't really know where where i fall on it um i think it just is for me the 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 her her feelings on it um her sort of expression on how she was feeling on her inner monologue just is and she put it out there and it just is you know, yeah, I don't think her intent was inherently to be fat. She didn't have horrible intent. I, but I, I think it's okay yeah. that people identified it like that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, think I, I think just what it comes down to is you're you're entitled to feel how you're going to feel, right? And she's entitled to feel how she felt. And you you her feelings you can't invalidate her feelings in order to validate your own feelings, right? Well, I, I also saw a couple of people liking it to uh, remember when Lizzo came out with that song mm -hmm. and one word in there was uh, it, it, it was uh, Spaz. derogatory yeah, yeah uh, uh, towards a group of people. And then she went and re-recorded it mm -hmm. and they're like, Lizzo did the right thing when she found out that she did something wrong. But is Taylor Swift going to do the right thing? And what is Taylor Swift supposed to do here? Though? But I mean, what does she do? Which Taylor Swift has done that in the past when she removed gay <laughs> from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell him Go ahead and I'll tell mine you're gay. gay. I still but think she should have. She should have kept that lyric in there. It was iconic. Okay. I was like, I, I was shocked the first time I, I went back to listen to it and it was like gone. I was like, where it's is different. It? It's where's different. my gay? It's different when you understand it better from like an adult perspective. But like at the time I was bopping to it, you know, as a 10 year old, I'm like, I'll tell my, I'll tell all my friends you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, by the way, folks are just like entitled to feel however they're going to feel about it. It is there. It's, it's, you know, and it's sparked a conversation and a conversation about art and what is allowed in art and what the, what responsibility our artists have. Um, and in that way, you know, good. I'm glad it sparked that conversation. Um, 
Yeah, let's talk about Helix Sleep for a little bit before we kind of get into some of the things we've been watching. Um, Helix Sleep, this episode kind of being sponsored by Helix Sleep as always. We love our Helix Sleep mattresses. Uh, we have been bouncing, so we have a queen-size Helix Sleep mattress and a king-size Helix Sleep mattress. And we have been bouncing from room to room in this house, just sleeping on either one, just kind of change it up, you know? Yeah, we actually took a staycation on a mattress that was far less <sighs> it was comfortable. Like a, it was like a box. At yeah, first, you know what? I don't, I don't think it breathed well. At first, I was like, mm, this is nice. Just like the new part of it, right? Yeah. And like, we have Helix Sleep pillows, and um, we were we were sleeping on these pillows at the hotel, and we're like, oh, this is, these are nice and firm. I kind of like it. And then I got really woke up. I woke up in the next day, and I was like, these are not breathable. You cannot yes. breathe. Mm. These are not. <laughs> now it's time to tell you all a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. Helix knows that everybody is different and everybody has their own unique needs and so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all-over sleeper. Alistair is more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress. I like, uh, you know, more medium. We took the quiz together and we got the Midnight Mattress. And one of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100 night sleep trial, so you get more than three months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund. Well, if you or somebody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that Helix Sleep sounds right for you, you can go to helixsleep.com slash tequila where you can get up to $200 off of your mattress. And two free pillows. Breathable pillows. Yeah, and I guess we're just getting into um, what, what have we been watching? I guess we can start with the interview with the vampire because we don't we have less to say about that one. I freaking love this show though. I am loving every episode, and this mm-hmm. last episode uh, was crazy, and I also really loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm, my, I, you know, my mom watches it now. I know it was so weird to hear about that, and I was like, maybe we should watch this episode with your mom. And then I rethought about it. Oh no! And I was like, yeah, maybe this is probably not a series we want to watch. Not because with of your the mom. gay stuff. I don't know. Maybe she's a gator, mm, but <laughs> well, because of the sex stuff. <laughs> I'm not watching sex stuff with my mother. Um, yeah, she doesn't want to watch that with us. But she, yeah, we, I, we were, I was covering um, Handmaid's Tale with her because I cover Handmaid's Tale with my mom every every Thursday. We have an episode about it, and. Uh, I was talking to her about it, and I said, yeah, um, we've been watching Interview with the Vampire, and it's really good. And she loves the movie Interview with the Vampire. She loves the I don't know if she's ever read the book, but she loves the movie. And so she started watching it, and she started texting us on Saturday. And she was like, that is such a good show. I can't believe I can't binge it. I've yes. reached all the episodes. I'm, I, I, I have to wait now until next week. And so she loves it. I love, like, getting somebody into something. Yes. I'm feeling like the pride, like I discovered it. Like, Interview with the Vampire was... Um, like your tastes are validated. Interview with the Vampire is it was like this indie thing that nobody had ever heard of, and I'm well, been introducing it to it's, everybody. It's, uh, it seems like it's gaining traction, yeah, and because it's really, really good. I I, I saw some people not really enj- liking episode five, this last episode that came out. Was that five? Yeah, that was episode five. How many episodes are there? Um, at right now there's five. Okay, well there <laughs> yeah. we go. There we I, go. I, I don't know where they're gonna st- stop nowadays. We're we're no longer in the the the, the twenty two episode era. Now we get like eight to 10 episodes or maybe if you're lucky, 12 episodes per season of anything. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping uh, that we get to France at some point. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Okay. So let's talk about the show a little bit, right? Cause we kind of briefly talked about it the other day and I think we'll briefly talk about it here and we'll briefly talk about it in the next episode. But um, this, okay. My favorite character was always Claudia 
and I only read, I only watched the movie, right? I didn't ever read Claudia's part when we started reading the book. But in the movie, I loved Claudia. I loved Kirsten Dunst. It's Claudia. I think Claudia was supposed to be like five or six years old in the book, right? I don't. And then I've read a character background or biography of her, and so she's supposed to be like five or six years old. And so they cast Kirsten Dunst, an eleven-year-old, to play that um, because they didn't think of like a five or six-year-old could like handle all of what they were going to have her do. And I think Kirsten Dunst did such a great job in that movie. Um, that I was going, this was the character that I knew when it got brought up in the show that I was going to be side-eye. You know, I was going to be like, I'm not going to accept anybody but Kirsten Dunst. I don't care. And you kind of I don't did. care. And I did. So the episode she was introduced, I thought she was the most annoying character. I'm like, this is not Claudia. I don't like it. Because the big point of Claudia, right, is like she's in this, um, she is this this grown woman. It's this child vampire with a child's body in the with a grown woman's mind, right? Because she's getting older and her mind is still growing, but her body is not growing, and that's the big torture of it. And and it's you know the big horror of it is, is that you got the child going around murdering everybody, right? Um, and so I was very much waiting for that. I was like, why is she acting like a little kid? By the way, they also aged up Claudia. In this show, instead of five and six years old, she's supposed to be like, what, 14? 14 years old, yeah. yeah. I thought she acted way too childish. She's played by like a 22-year-old or something. She's 19. Oh, 19-year-old? Yeah, the actress is 19. The actress, they did a good job making her look younger, though. Yeah, Like 14, 15, they they made her look like it. Um, But I was like, why is she acting like a six-year-old if she's supposed to be 14 years old? I think she's acting like so immature. I hate it. I hate it. And I was like, I do not like what they did with Claudia. I just don't like it. Now... We reach episode five, and they've like, like it. they've matured her mindset a little bit, right? And this is, I think, this is a really great te- testament to the actress because the actress has gone from like being super immature and like kind of annoying me to now she's this mature. You know, I don't know how old she's supposed to be in episode five. I think maybe approaching her thirties. I don't. Is she really? Because uh, we're in the nineteen thirties now. I think. Uh, well, she might be approaching or her late twenties. But uh, I, I liked it a lot. She kind of yeah. got her own space. And the relationship between Lou and Lestat, I don't know. I kind of see where Lestat was coming from. I'm Lestat? Kinda, You're yes. going to be canceled over there. I'm, I'm kind of excited with Lestat. I think that Louis was being like, like she was a grown woman who made the decision to leave the, I mean, at that point, to leave her home to find out who she was. And he just like wallowed. That's like, her daddy. That's his daughter. Why wouldn't he be trying to find her? Because he needs to let her find herself. If Brando's out missing, I'm going to be looking for Brando, and you're going to be mad that I, I'm looking for Brando? No, I'm not going to be mad that you're looking for Brando. You're like, give but me the attention. If Brando Don't pay attention to Brando. Don't pay attention to your old, son. Um, uh, like, man, he basically out there, is. you know, saying, hey, I want to leave for a couple of years to figure out my own, own stuff. I'd be like, okay. She disappeared, though. She didn't leave. She said she was going to leave. She, like, disappeared. It was not a sort of, like, he sees her to the train and she just has After just off. a little bit of He's mass worried murder. Ab- He's worried about her. No, I disagree with you. And if He's you like could, 50-something bodies. Yeah, I don't freaking know. I love her, though. I love her. And she's, like, she's grown on me by this episode. And I, I has love her character. Grown on you? Oh. Lestat? Mm, no. No, really? I don't like I think he's doing that. such a good job. No. I think all of them are doing I such like a good Tom job. I like Tom Cruise. See, that's my problem, right? Is I'm still comparing movie, and I should not be comparing movie to the show, but um uh no, so but like Lestat like beat Louis ass in this last one. A lot of people are having a real problem with that, you know that, right? Well, I mean, they're trying and to And you're cancel. out here, you're out here well, well, the, trying to get canceled, they, trying they, to defend I, I, I saw some people trying to cancel him on on Twitter. Yeah, he's such a horrible pr- protagonist. Why were we following? He's a vampire. 
I mean, we people were complaining that he murders people. They yeah, all murder yeah. people. Claudia is <laughs> murdering people. They're like, these are the things he's done. He's like, yeah. it was like rape, uh, like a mass murder, killing, torture. And I was like, yeah. I mean, that's why we're watching the movie. They're terrible characters. They're supposed to be like anti, not even anti heroes. You no, know, they're, they're, they're just they're supposed to be. They're just supposed to be. They're just supposed to be. They're, they're supposed to be people who have like not transcended uh, morality, but like. They feel like they're above people so much that they, they can do all these things to them because we're their food source. We're not like. Well, Louis, Louis eating brats, isn't he? Yeah. But like Claudia writes down people's last words. <laughs> 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 so you can't condemn one vampire, not condemn the bunch. They're all bad. Um, but so I'm. I was waiting. I was like, we're going because because Lestat beat Louis's ass, and and Claudia was. Um, you know, Claudia and Louis. Claudia's real close with Louis. So Claudia I, in the in the movie, it's the same way, right? And like Claudia feeds Lestat some like dead people, right? And Lestat kind of like bleeds out, and then Claudia slits his throat, and then he's supposed to be like dead, and they throw him to the Gators, and then he like shows back up, and there's a big fire, and then they escape to like Paris, yeah, or wherever. Okay, so I thought that was going to happen in this episode, and I'm hoping it happens in the next one because I need the murder plot. I need them to go to Europe. I'm ready for them to go to Europe. Well, I think that they're going to, I honestly think that they're going to end the season one with that. Oh, no, we got to get so, to it. In the next I, I, I think we'll get Europe season two because oh. I'm, I'm actually thinking about set design. So I, yeah. it looks like they spent a lot of money on the set. It looks like an expensive damn show. It looks it? expensive. Yeah. It looks like it looks like the days of like old fashioned movie making where they like came up with sets. And, and it's know, beautiful. I think yeah. the, the whole thing is, is really, really beautiful. Super into the show, though. Super into the show. Yeah, we'll just have to see where, where it comes up. <laughs> At some point, we'll do like a, a show to movie to book, like adaptation episode. We where have we to kind of talk book. about all of it. We do. We do. We have it on audiobook. Um, what else would we watch? Black, Black Adam. Adam. Mm. 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 Well, he did not want to go watch this with me. I really wanted to watch this. And, uh, you know, I still want to watch that uh, Julia Roberts and George Clooney movie. But I decided that we were going to watch uh, Black Adam first. You got one movie this weekend. I said you get one movie. Pick it. Pick <laughs> no. it. Um, but we watched Black Adam, uh, and I I thought it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I did have a lot of fun. I yeah. did not want to go watch it. I was like, I'm so tired of superhero guys. Like, I'm, I'm so over superheroes. I cannot, I cannot with superheroes anymore. But... We went, we sat, it was like two hours. I looked at the time, I was like, it's two hours, baby. It's a well, two hour movie. Well, I mean, it's always like a two hour movie yeah. nowadays with like superhero movies. But my biggest criticisms, I have like just like three. Mm-hmm. One, um, I think the dialogue like really needed to be scrubbed. Like they needed to look at that dialogue. Uh, two, I think the editing was slightly bad. What because was wrong with it, it? No, because like there's characters making jokes and none of them like, Stuck. It was funny jokes, told funnily, but like the way it was edited, they weren't funny. Well, how and, does it have to be edited? What are you talking about? Well, Zachary, I don't know if you know a lot about video editing, I did but not. sometimes when you edit videos, you have to edit videos so that clips work well together. Ah, okay, thank you for explaining yeah. it to me. I, 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 I figured that would be an issue. Actually, I actually have four issues with the movie. Um, uh, three was that they, they gave it the third world kind of tent. Um, tint? Yes. Did the, they? The yellowy tint. I didn't tent. even notice that. Yeah. Uh, well, which may, maybe they, they were trying to cover it and make it like Snydery, because Zack Snyder does like mm. kind of something like that with all his movies. And uh, four, I thought that the third act was a little rushed, because I kept on thinking that it was going to end. But every everything else I loved. I thought uh, Black Adam uh, was amazing. Uh, uh, Dwayne 
uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's traps were their own characters. Oh, his body and looked great in this. Yes. I was like, ooh, him yes. in that first suit, the first suit he had before he got his like level up suit. I was into it. I was feeling it. And well, I liked when he like levitated around. It was real sexy. I got real horny. Okay, babe. Well, it, and he, horny he, for the rock. He, he, rock he, hard. He played like a straight man character in this like more than he usually does because he's usually like much more comedic. I think in movies. Um, and, 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 you know, he had the kid and, and everybody else uh, playing off of him. I really liked, I don't remember the name of the actress, but the, uh, uh, the actress that finds him, um, at the beginning, I really liked her throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the origin. I know the origin was changed somewhat. I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't not, read the comics. I haven't read the comics. Um, but I thought it was funny when he said Shazam. Oh, I hate it when they do that. Why couldn't they come up with a new word in this new DC? Why do they have to say Shazam? Or make it Shaz- like sound better, like Shazam. Oh, yeah. That, Shazam. Yeah. But it was like Shazam in an American They're accent. Like, Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I'm excited for the second one. And... Um, I, I, I'm going to let you talk about what you liked before I get into other stuff. I just, well, no, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. That's the thing is like, I, I was dreading it and I really only went to see Henry Cavill cause this, that secret was basically like spilled by the time. Yeah. Like I wish he hadn't told me that cause it would have been a really great surprise for me to like actually Oh, so I spilled it to you? You did. You talk. I don't have I was trying. Nobody, uh, nobody on my freaking timelines are talking about Black Adam. I have to, like, be honest with you there, okay? Nobody's talking about a DC movie except Grace Randolph. Um. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I thought that would get you to want to watch well, it. It did. It did. I went to the movie theater to see Henry Cavill, and I was ready to see it, and I was pre- pleasantly surprised by the movie. I had a good time during the movie. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I liked it. Um, I usually do like Dwayne Johnson, though. Like, he's not somebody I'm, like, running to the theater to see, but whenever I watch one of his movies, I generally like them, you know? Yeah. Um, well, he's always a box office draw, I feel like. Yeah, and uh, Pierce Brosnan, I didn't know he was in this movie. Got he real excited good. to see him. He did look real good. He looked really one. good. Um, and then there's other actors, too. Other actors. I mean, Noah Centineo. Centineo. I don't know. See, he was funny, but none of his jokes... You know, I just didn't because I didn't, of the editing. I did not care about anybody else. I really didn't um, care about anybody else. And then uh, I, I, I just had fun overall. Yeah. And then I really liked actually seeing Henry Cavill in the Superman <gasps> suit again. Oh, it, was it was so, so good. Nice. It was so good. And he looks great. He looks like phenomenal. They gave him that little Superman curl, though. Did I can't, you see that? I, I can't wait for both of them to become love interests. So, like, the big, <laughs> the, the big thing, Rod, is supposed to be... Uh, is supposed to be the Black Adam was supposed to like be ushering in a new era of like DC. Yeah, right? he, he called it Phase One. Phase that One. This, that this movie's Phase One, and you know that he was him and his ex-wife and Henry Cavill were on negotiations uh, with DC about Superman and about their own movies. Do you guys listen to Grace Randolph? We get a lot of our information from her, so we we're do. Gonna be we cool. trust her. We're going to be. <laughs> we're going to be. If, if, if we're wrong, then we're not going. That's her fault. Um, so. She said that Dwayne Johnson was like positioning himself or trying to position himself to take over DC as a whole and that he would kind of like put 
Black Adam as as like the lead of DC, mm-hmm. and um, he was you know uh, he didn't have like such a great response at, at Comic Con, and so he made sure that they got Henry Cavill because up until now to they were get the planning to just do like headless you know cameos from Superman, but now um, uh, Dwayne Johnson was very instrumental in getting Henry Cavill back and making sure that he was in this in order to like start bringing him back into DC again and like mm-hmm. actually make him Superman again and give him a, like a super Superman movie, all of that. Um, and win the fans over. And today, or not today, yesterday, though, because um, uh, I, th- I don't think it had been actually confirmed that, that Henry Cavill was officially coming back. And yesterday, uh, he put out a video that actually said that he, he was like, I was going to wait till the weekend's done, and um, yeah, I'll be back in the D.C. So he's got, Henry Cavill's coming back as Superman, guys. We're going to... I want to get a movie. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really Superman excited. I, I want a Superman movie. I don't want a Man of Steel 2 because Man of Steel was about him finding his identity. Mm-hmm. Now that he has his identity, I just want a Superman movie. And that coming from me when I think that Superman or Batman are some of the most, people are going to hate me for saying this, but this is my own opinion, some of the most derivative superheroes. Okay. Um, I, I, I just really want to see him. Um, oh, as Henry Cavill is Superman. He just is. Like There is no other Superman for me than Henry Cavill. And I'm I'm very happy to see him as Superman. I love to watch him as Superman. I think he's I don't think he's a fit, the best actor out there. I don't think he's the best actor, but as Superman, he's very very good. And um, but now also in today's news, who is it? Uh, James Gunn. James Gunn is taking is, over. Is DC taking over officially. the DC, which is weird. We just again saw a video on that, and it is weird because the Suicide Squad, the movie, did well. Yeah, it didn't do as well as expected. And wasn't as well received by everybody as expected, because I think that he has a certain brand of humor, mm-hmm. you know. And I, th- I think that this is an interesting turn for them, um, uh, you know. And I'm not sure if this was in line with what, uh, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and his team were wanting, or if this is actually what they're wanting. I'm I wonder sure. if they, if Dwayne Johnson was in there in the conversations about like where DC is going and like James Gunn coming on and taking over DC or like what the power moves were here. I want to know what the power power moves were because it feels like a chessboard at this point and people are like making moves. You, you know what? It, it feels like over there at Warner Brothers Discovery, they have no clue what they're doing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Grace says, because Grace did a whole video about this. I um, mean, you, you should go check it out. But she did a whole video about this today saying that she thinks that James Gunn is going to start building off of the Snyderverse rather than like redoing everything. And I genuinely hope so. I really, I really liked Justice League, the Snyder cut. Like, very, yeah. very much. The four-hour version, yes, I was all about it, and I, w- I hope that like they do start building off of that because it was a really interesting direction, and it would be a shame to see it just go to waste. I want Henry Cavill back. I don't really care about Ben Affleck, but like whatever. If we got him back, okay. Yeah. Um, I need I, more I, I, Wonder Woman. I don't think he really got his chance to be Batman. Uh. I don't. I just don't care either way. But um, so it's it's really interesting seeing how like DC is kind of shaping itself up because it feels like they've been trying and trying and trying for like so long now to like, <laughs> which is weird because like any sort of like Marvel because exists. for the longest time like the only uh, superhero franchise that was actually successful in the movies was DC, and then Marvel's just been charging through. Well, I, I, I know a lot of people have been kind of disappointed by uh, Phase Four. Going into phase five. Is that of, the phase of, we're in with Marvel? I think so. Oh, goodness. I don't know um, anymore. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Which, but a lot of it is good. Like, Miss Marvel was really good. Mm-hmm. WandaVision was amazing. 
the Doctor Strange movie was good. It almost feels like they're planning too far. Shang-Chi was right. really good. So like I, I think we're getting hits, but we're also getting misses. Yeah. Which is fun. I mean, like they, they, that's what happens with everything. Is with such a, like a massive franchise, there was like we were bound to hit sort of a slump with it. And is it really a slump? Like, look how much movies these make, how much money these movies make, guys. Like, even yeah. DC movies still make a shit ton at the box office that they're going to keep making them. You know, so, like so. so. I don't think it's a slump. They're I, still I, winning. I, I do think what we're missing, but it's also kind of there. Is like before it was all about the Infinity Stones and every single movie had something about that right yeah for the longest time and then we got infinity war then we got endgame and now i think it's kind of going into uh all of the kang stuff mm-hmm. um but it's not as congruent as it was before because we're really exploring other pockets of marvel as we go along and so it's all really interesting i'm i'm, I'm a big dc fan though not a big fan not like huge You're but a fan. I, I like dc <laughs> better than marvel DC. i like dc better than marvel absolutely yeah Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, I guess the I think Wanda the characters... stays on my side. I mean, the, the, Wanda can the, come to the, DC. The, We're gonna the, the Scarlet Witch stays on my side. No, Scarlet Witch. I, I will always make yeah. an excuse for for WandaVision and Scarlet Witch. Um, but no, I just find the characters more interesting over at DC, and so it's I'd like them to like you know figure their shit out as long as they have a direction and like stick with the direction. I think I can follow them. But my problem with them is not that any movies have been like terrible or whatever is that it feels like they're switching up their direction every couple of years instead of like, yeah, it's like a on a solid path. And I need to know where we're going. Okay. I, I need to know where wonder woman three is at. That's what I need to know. <laughs> That's what I want to know too. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Did you see black Adam? What are your thoughts on the whole DC versus as, 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 uh, the DCEU? Let us know all of your thoughts on Taylor Swift, Kanye West, everything. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to give us a five star rating on Apple podcasts on Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to uh, comment, and like the video please oh and before we go i you know I, we wanted to talk to you about like our halloween episodes halloween's coming up oh yeah so we have like two episodes before hell or one episode before halloween so like the next two episodes should be like halloween themed i think and um uh, i had a proposition for you what i have a little like a game a little wager i'd like to make with you you know the story of like frankenstein right yes the mother of science fiction there you go mary shelley Mary Shelley, Mary Shelley. So she, in order, when she came up with Frankenstein, she she went to like her and her husband and like some other people went to Lord Byron's house. And while they were there, I think it was Lord Byron who said, hey, I have an idea. They're sitting by the fire. They're all like, you know, smoking and, uh, you know, it's storming outside and they're all speaking all pompous. They're like, Mary Shelley, I have a wager for you. And Mary Shelley's like, what, yes, what, Lord what Byron. What is the wager? What is the wager? He's like, I propose we play a game. Okay. We are all going to write a horror story. And we're going to read each other's horror stories. And whoever's is the scariest wins. Oh, my. Oh. And so Mary Shelley writes Frankenstein. And she wins. She wins the contest. Um, so my wager with you, my contest with you, is I think you and I should each write a short little horror story. Spooky story, and uh, we can read it on the the Friday episode's gonna be on Saturday this week, and we can read it on the Saturday episode, and we can let the audience Choose. vote who wins. Do you accept my my wager? I accept your wager with one condition. Okay. We let people submit stuff of their own, and we pick one to also read. Okay. If anybody wants to, yeah. Don't put it out there, and then we don't get nothing. Well, just <laughs> just send it to the coffee. Uh, 
Coffee and Tequila Show at gmail.com. Yes. If, you can do that. If you would like to submit one, and then we'll, we'll go through them. I don't know what the terms are yet. We're gonna we'll we'll list those in the next one. Yeah, okay. we'll figure it out. <laughs> we will see you guys on the Saturday episode to read these horror stories, figure out who wins, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next time. Adios. Baby, please go turn the camera off. I cannot move my legs. My legs refuse to move. Oh, baby, my legs are sizzling. They won't move. <laughs>